everyone, welcome back once again to the Dialogue Options Podcast with your ever-faithful hosts, John McDonald, that's me, and my ever-so-good friend, Kyra Morrison. How you doing? Oh, yeah, yeah, not bad. Lovely. Pretty good. Awesome. Oh. <laughs> First pregnant pause of the episode. Lovely. <laughs> um, cool. So, uh, episode 11, where uh, we got over our big... Double digits milestone from last week, uh, which I felt was a really good episode. I really enjoyed last week's episode. It was fun. It was good. Um, we're starting to get into a bit of a groove for things, which is lovely. Um, but yeah, so uh, if you don't know, I might do a little bit of an intro for us. If you don't know about us, uh, if this is the first time you're listening, uh, we are two good friends, long long-time friends who are video game enthusiasts and fans uh, of all things video game, and we just sit around and talk about it for, you know, an hour and a half each week, uh, and because we it just spawned out of something that we used to do while we were playing video games ourselves. We, and We, we thought, do hey, it anyway. Maybe, yeah, exactly. We thought maybe other people would want to listen to it. So uh, if you like that kind of thing, stick around, because it's going to be a bit of fun. Uh, let's kick it off, shall we? Sure thing. Joel, why don't you let me know what you've been playing? Oh, awesome. All right, cool. You've so been playing week, more than uh, I have, so it's all on you, mostly. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've played a few things this week. I've, uh, that totally digital sale on the PSN has been my downfall. Um, have you seen the new one sale? Ga- the new one? Yes. Oh, I haven't looked yet. It's nothing too special, but I think I might be about to pick up Street Fighter Five for like 30 bucks. Oh, actually, I did see that. Yeah, that's yeah tempting. Um, yeah, it's really tempting. I'll see how I go. But uh, the first game I played this week, or the, you know, the, the one game I've probably played the most this week, um, is another mobile game. Well, actually, it's a, it's a port but, uh, of a PC game. Uh, the game's called Leap of Fate. Um, it's a PC game uh, that came out a couple of months ago on Steam. Uh, it's a twin-stick roguelike, uh, which is, you know, ticks all the boxes for me because I love that kind of shit. Um but it finally got re-released because uh, I, I picked it up on PC and I really liked it. I played it for, you know, a fair bit. Not a whole lot, but I played a fair bit of it. Uh, but it recently just got announced and launched on or got launched on uh, on mobile devices. So uh, it was like $4.50. I picked it up uh, on my phone and I've been playing it nonstop. It's like when, I've got, when I'm watching something, if I'm listening to a podcast on the TV or something like that, it's what I've been playing. Um, it's super addictive. Uh, like I said, it's a twin-stick roguelike shooter. It's got, like, a really cool Technomancer cyberpunk setting. Um, and there's, like, four or five different characters you can play as. Um, I've only played as one so far because I've been trying to max out uh, his all these sort of, like, levels, essentially. Uh, but I'll get to that in a second. So uh, the cool thing about it is because it's called uh, Leap of Fate, it, you have a thing called the Deck of Fate. Um, so each time you go into a level, I think there's six levels to, before you finish the game, which I haven't got to yet because it's quite difficult in the later levels sounds like a roguelike Um, yeah absolutely uh i mean i'm getting there like i can consistently get to like level four now most part um on a good run um but the cool thing is so you you go into a level and it's broken up into a series of like stages essentially so um but the way it's laid out is it's like a like a pyramid of cards like almost like tarot cards almost that's the kind of vibe that they have uh the kind of art they have on them um and yeah, so you, you pick one. So it's usually, if it's the start of a level, it's like there's only one available at the top. 
So you pick it and it goes in and you start like that stage and you go through and it's like a wave thing. So like, you know, depending on how many skulls it has at the top of the card is how many waves you have to go through. So if it's one skull, you do one wave uh, and it'll have like a picture of like a, uh, like a treasure chest or nothing uh, or like a big treasure chest. And that gives you an indication of what kind of loot you're going to get from the end of it. Like how much uh, mana, which is your currency you use to buy upgrades and uh, different uh, skill abilities and things like that. Um, or if you get, you know, if it's a big loot chest, you're probably going to get a few things out of it. Like it might be a, a glyph upgrade, which is, um, glyphs are kind of like your, your special abilities. Um, so there's one, the one that I like the most, there's one that's like, you know, the, the one you start with is like a normal bullet that can like shield break stuff and, um, deal a reasonable amount of damage, not a whole lot. And you get four charges on that. Um, you can increase that with upgrades and things through your run, um, but then my favorite, there's other ones as well, but my favorite one is one called uh, Homunculus, and it basically st- uh, spawns like a giant golem that fights for you for about five seconds, uh, and it's super handy, especially in like the, the, the boss fights as well, because you can just spawn it on top of it, and it, it takes, like, it aggroes the, the, the enemies and the boss around so it. So it tanks. Sort of use it. <laughs> yeah, basically, so you can use it to get away as well, but it also does damage, um, and quite a bit of damage as well, which is really good. Uh, and you can level those up as well by finding like silver glyphs. So they're like so the, the, the next level ones. And I think there's more higher ones than that, but I haven't encountered them yet because I'm pretty shit at the game. But um, it's really great. You also have this other thing called the Shadow Walk, which is basically like a, a teleport in a straight line. So the way it works is you tap the top left of the, the screen on the mobile devices anyway. Um, you tap the top left. And it slows down time to quite slow. And then you tap a point on the map and it'll zip you straight there. Um, and if you dash through enemies, it'll do damage to them. You can upgrade it through your skill trees as well. Um, and so you can, it can do damage. It can set people on fire. It can mark them so they drop more mana when they, they actually get killed. Um, so you get more currency so you can level up and buy things a lot quicker. Um, it can do a whole lot of cool things like that. Um, yeah, it's great. I really, really enjoy it. Uh, so, like with most roguelites, uh, death is permanent. Once you die at the end of a, at the end of a run, that's that's it. You go back to the start. Um, but the cool thing is, each character has like I think fifteen levels, like fifteen um, milestones essentially that you have that you can hit, uh, and you get given like random missions that are sort of there's like maybe like ten or so that they alternate between and like slightly tweak. Um, and when you start, you'll get two of those. And it might be like, uh, on level three, defeat the the entire level without taking any more than seven points of damage. Which I can or, imagine isn't easy. Uh, it's it's a lot easier than you think it is, um, especially in the earlier levels when you get those ones. Um, so for the first character, which is the only one I've played with on, on my phone at the moment... Um, I've got one more milestone to hit and I need to, I think, I get like one or two more missions to unlock it. Uh, and those unlockables are things like uh, you unlock upgrades that will appear in your skill tree um, in a run so you can buy like better upgrades. Um, and there's three types of upgrades. There's like mobility, there's passive, and there's attack ones, I think. so, And they do different things. Um, like they might improve your shadow walk or they might improve... Uh, like when you get hit it might freeze all the enemies around you for a, sp- a period of time which can be really handy um, 
I don't know if they alter between characters. Uh, if you, you have different, obviously you probably have different skill trees. I'd hope um, so. But I'm like, pretty, that keeps it yeah. fresh. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like you, all the characters have like shadow walk. That's like a yeah. default thing, and all the glyphs stay the same as well. So those sort of special abilities stay the same. Um, but your skills in terms of like what weapons you use and things like that as well might change. Um, it's really really great. Like like I said, I've played so much of it. Like so much of it on my phone um if i've got a couple of moments to kill i'll start a run just go through it you know a run can take like you know as far as i've gotten which i think has got to stage like level five i think um and that can take like i think that took me like maybe 20 minutes um they're really short burst like the the the, the, the stages within a level are really quick like it's yeah and there are other cards as well that it might be an upgrade card so that's where you go to get your upgrades in your skill trees or it might be a mystery car which you have to unlock with a key uh and that might have anything between like a hot like a chest full of mana it might have um health it might have uh extra charges for your your glyphs as well because you can get like lightning bolts which add like reserve charges essentially so if you use all four of your your glyph charges you can have like use one of the lightning bolts which will let you use two more essentially but they're um expendable essentially um yeah but it's 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 solid like i it's really really cool really fun game great setting um obviously the graphics take a little bit of a hit on on the phone um but not by much it still looks great it still looks really good um and like because it's it's that sort of top down isometric kind of view it doesn't really matter all that much you sort of all right they're, they're the bad things i need to kill them that's me i gotta do the killing that you can sort it all out um but yeah it's available on steam uh it's also available on ios and i, I, I would assume on uh, android as well um you'll be amazed how rarely i open the google play store to find this stuff out <laughs> yeah yeah that's no, fair i like i, I mean I, obviously i have no need to because i don't i used to have a like a samsung tablet but i don't have it anymore because i just didn't use it i have your nexus 7 over here somewhere still <laughs> that's true it's, been, you on, do, it's well. been on charge for like the last year oh good that's good to know it's got a full um, battery if you want it hey it's all good. yeah uh it's, it was a solid little tablet um but yeah it's really really great so i i highly recommend that one as well um, like most games that I've been playing, like I always recommend them. But uh, which brings us to my next one. Uh, I've been playing, uh, like I said before, I, the totally digital sale on the PSN has been really good. Like a lot of really good indie games and like a really, like small bite-sized games almost and um, interesting different types of games that have been on my radar but I haven't gotten around to picking up yet. Uh, and this was one of those uh is a game i've been looking at for a while it's called oxen free uh you might have heard us talk about oxen free briefly last week which was before i actually played this game yeah, it's so um, good it's great it's really really good so oxen free is by night school studios or night school studio sorry um they are the guys who uh as i mentioned last week made the mr robot game which i finished this week and it was great um really good length for like a mobile text adventure um and yeah, by the end of it, I was really good. Towards the end, there were some really tense moments in terms of like trying to figure out what I had to do. Um, so that was the the thing that sort of tipped me over the edge for to, to looking more intensively at Oxenfree. Um, and it wasn't until I saw, I think it was a, a quote from Polygon on one of the trailers, and it was like, uh, 
Freaks and Geeks meets Poltergeist and uh, the best 80s like science fiction movies. And I'm like, that sounds great. That sounds really, really good. Um, so Oxenfree is an adventure game, an adventure game thriller, I think they call it, a supernatural thriller, they describe it as. Um, and it's got like, you know, dialogue choices that you have to make. The cool thing about the dialogue choices in it, they all play out in real time, um, which is a little jarring sometimes because I, you know, sometimes get a little sidetracked when I'm maybe my wife comes in, she's talking to me, and I'm like playing a game, and I look away, and I look back, and I go, "Oh fuck, I missed that dialogue choice." Here's the um, thing, and that's and that's what. Okay, so I love Doxen Free, and this this is I can see in the notes here that you bought this up, and this is actually something yep. that I really didn't like about it, only okay. in certain aspects because. I would often find myself wanting to listen to the full line of dialogue from a character yep. and then bang, I've missed my choice. And I'm like, oh, okay, guess I was yep. just silent. That's it. Or you, or you cut the other person yeah, off. Yeah, so I, like I if you like select an option, yeah. I Look, sometimes it, 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 it's a little off-putting, but I kind of like it. There were moments where it felt really natural. Oh, yeah, like the actual, definitely. The dialogue felt, yeah. So, like, you know, one person would be talking and they might be acting a little hysterical and then, like, I'd make my choice and I'd cut that person off and go, look, just calm down, all right? And um, it felt like a natural conversation, so I like that. But I do see where you're coming from. Sometimes it does get a little bit like, oh, I actually wanted to hear what yeah, the rest exactly. of them are saying. And, I, and like, um, the idea that I could listen to them but then miss my choice kind of... Like, I get what they're going for and it does work in yeah. some situations, but, yeah, then there were other situations where, I don't know, it was kind of just off-putting. Yeah, it, it 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 can be a little clunky sometimes. Not to but, the, not um, to I mean, the overall detriment of the game. The game is still oh god good. no, the game's still great. Yeah, I really enjoy it. So the basic setup is because I don't want to go into too much into story because one I haven't finished it and two if you are vaguely interested in the game go and pick it up. It's, it's like sixteen dollars on the PSN at the moment mm. and you get a you get a sales free theme. Man. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, it ended okay. tonight. The new digital sales rolled over and it's like right. a. And a I think it's Call of Duty and a retro sale is on right now. Oh, okay. Still well, go pick it up. It's worth a full price, yeah, honestly. It's like 30 bucks, yeah. And I think you can get it in a bundle that comes with like maybe some avatars and a, and a theme. There, yeah, so there's, three, the about there's three bundles. Yeah, there's three different ones. There's one with just the theme and there's one with the, the avatars and the theme. Yeah. So here's the thing. on the In the sale, it was available for 16.45 for just the game or $16 for the game and the, the theme. And I'm like, well, clearly I'm going to buy the one with the theme. So I went through, purchased it all, started downloading. I'm like, where's the theme? It's not downloading. I went back and realized that I'd bought the $16.45 one, which was just the game. So I paid more and got less. Um, <laughs> oh, Joel. Because I'm a bloody spud. Um, but yeah, so the basic setup of the game is um, you play as Alex, uh, a teenager who her and her friends set out to this island, which is sort of part of uh, their sort of their hometown. Um it's just a weird sort of old army barracks town um, on this island. Not creepy at all. No, no, not at all. Um, and so you go there to like carry on the tradition of, uh, you know, the, the, t- the teens in that town that they go there and they have like a bit of a party on the beach and everyone has a good time and has a bit to drink and then passes out on the beach and then wakes up and everyone has a great coming of age lifetime life changing experience and there's rumors uh, people had said that there are uh, if you take a radio things can happen oh um, boy so yeah obviously Alex gets told to bring a radio so she does uh, and then eventually you start exploring the island and something does happen 
and uh, I wrote here in the notes because the the best way to describe this game is unsettling. It's um because the thing is it's it's not like full like jump scares horror. It's just really unsettling and unnerving at all times. Like I just I'm constantly on edge, but in a good way. Like normally I hate that kind of thing, but it's really compelling um, to keep going and finding out what's going on. I still have oh, I have a vague idea what's going on now but even still there's i have some questions still um i might not get those questions answered either in this playthrough or ever um but it's interesting to sort of have those experiences and when things start getting really strange it gets really tense there's some uh, cool stuff that the, the uh the game actually pulls off yeah how it it's, plays out yeah it's i like i'm loving it um so i think i'm about three quarters of the way through it um i'll probably have finished it by next week um i might touch on it again next week and say holy shit blew my mind um or whatever but it's really really cool so um the the art style is really great as well like i love the visual look of it and the character designs are really interesting like it's sort of this weird sort of almost cartoon network-esque cartoon characters but still look kind of realistic in a way they're still quite grounded um and it's all like 2d like side scrolling but you sort of move through the map you can move like up and down essentially it it makes sense when you see it if you watch a trailer for it it, you'll go i get what you mean now it's sort of like you have like a set path you can go up like a mountain essentially so and you follow that up or you'll climb up a, a rock face to get to another ledge. And um, so it's, it's I wouldn't even call it a platformer, really. It's very basic platformer. It's basically, it's just a, you walk from point A to point B sort of game. Sometimes you climb. Sometimes yep. there's a gap you can jump for a trophy if you really want to. Yes, I did get that. I was going to touch on that next. That trophy is called It's a Me. It is. Um, which is great. Because uh, I did it and I was like, whoa, what did I do? And then, yeah, the trophy popped and I'm like, huh. I actually think it's the only trophy I've got so far. Yeah, the trophies in that um, game. If you're trophy hunting, you will not get a lot of them in a in a casual run through. Yeah, yeah, and I'm okay with that because it's cool. the type of game where you just want to the first time through, you just want to experience the story and just well, even make those choices. Even then, like I also appreciate it because when you play the game, you can see you can clearly see points where you could have gone a different direction or, or yeah. said something different or suggested, and and that sort of stuff makes me want to replay it. Yeah. Absolutely, and I think it will be the type of game that once I finish it, I'll put it down and maybe come back to it in like six months' time and go, oh yeah, Oxenfree, I want to see what, you know, go through and play it as a complete asshole, or, <laughs> you know, I want to say that thing to that character that I thought I wanted to say, but I wasn't right, quite sure, so I went the other option. Um, it's it's great. It's really well written as well. Uh, the dialogue's really cool. Some of the references in it are really fun as well. Um, the voice acting's great. I really like all the voice actors in it. Um, they've been in things like Tales from the like in Borderlands and things like that as well. I think um, it, it, there was nothing like immediately recognizable. I was gonna say it also does a really good job of just capturing that the essence of like just a bunch of kids hanging out. Yeah, it does. You're right. It's um because you've all had one of the everyone's had one of those moments where it's like you know you've gone to a party and either like something might feel a little bit off or like you know things might feel a little spooky or whatever or but obviously nothing ever comes of it whereas this game goes what if something does happen um and what if those rumors were true uh but there is this sort of grounded story this very 
human story that's through it as well that I really like as well. Um, and the soundtrack is awesome. Uh, and you informed me that it was on Spotify, and I instantly went and added it to my playlist because I just it's great. The soundtrack's really really cool. Yeah, well, I didn't actually um, know it was on Spotify until like I because I don't, I don't like when I go to Spotify, I don't look for video game soundtracks because I just assume that it's you know we're not considered cool enough to get on Spotify. Yeah, but when they exactly. did this gaming thing like last week, I was like, all right, let's look at your selections, and yeah, fucking Oxen Free's in there, and there's a bunch of other good soundtracks on there from video games yeah. as well. That is good. We actually should put that in the notes. So, yeah, Spotify does have a gaming section now. Um, so if you have a Spotify account and you like listening to game soundtracks, it's definitely worth checking out. There's not a whole lot there at the moment, but it's it's cool. There's some um, cool stuff on there, as well, as well as, like, curated playlists as well from guest sites. Some, I think there's one yeah. called Polygon and, like, uh, Games Radar as well as one of them. Yeah. There's some cool even stuff. Some, there's some artists that have put up there sort of, like, gaming playlists as well, which is cool. Um, so it's definitely worth checking out as well. But Oxenfree, uh, yeah, I'm really digging what I'm playing so far. And I just keep, like, every time I, I'll sit down and play it, you know, and I'll just get enthralled by what's going on. And I just want to I want to keep going and find out. I want to unravel the mystery. And um, I love games like that that can capture that sort of feeling of, all right, I'm just going to get to this next part and find out what's going to happen there. And then that happens and you go, now I need to find out what's going to keep going on. And It's a shame you don't enjoy horror games, man. I know. I look, I That's the thing. The thing with horror games is I, I enjoy the idea behind them and I usually love the stories behind them, but I just, I can't, I can't do it. I mean, obviously if some of you out there might have seen our videos that we've popped up on, on YouTube, uh, there is two in particular. That is me playing the Resident Evil Seven Final uh, Beginning Hour demo, and just being the biggest sook in the world. Um, but yeah, I, I just I can't bring myself to do it. I really I wish I could because I love like we think like Five Nights at Freddy's. I love like reading the backstory about what people have discovered about these characters. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Oh, that's oh, and then this link's here. But when it comes to playing the game, I'm not. That's a special no, situation because, I mean, even me as someone who really enjoys survival horror, when I play Five Nights at Freddy's, it isn't even the jump scares that get me. I just get too stressed out. Like, yeah, all that ma- yeah. you've got to like be on the ball, like managing camera vis, flash there, shut that vent, yep. switch off power there. And at first you're like, oh, I've got this under control. And then you get a few nights and you're like, oh God, you're tearing a your hair out going, I can't do this. <laughs> I'm literally unraveling as a human being. Yep. And it just stresses me out. But there yeah. are some other classics when you just sit you down and get you through. Even if I have to play and you have to watch. Yeah, well, uh, well that's what we did with um, with PT when it came out. So I came around right, your house too. and I sat on the couch and watched you play it. And I watched most of it through my T-shirt, which was covering my eyes. <laughs> um, like, literally, I sat with my T-shirt over my eyes going, Aah. That was um, terrifying. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Oxenfree is definitely worth checking out. Um Night School's studio is made up of, I just read before, some ex-Disney and Telltale staff. So um, there's some pretty good pedigree there uh, going into this game. I'm really interested to see what they're going to do next. Uh, And the last thing that I played this week was I very briefly had a chance to go hands-on with the Titanfall 2 multiplayer beta that went live over the weekend. Um, on or consoles, the, the not technical test, as they called it. Technical test, yes. Sorry, uh, it's um, now as someone who didn't play the first Titanfall because I didn't have an Xbox One, um, was very interested in playing Titanfall. I liked the idea behind it, and it looked great. 
Uh, and again, the pedigree behind the studio who made it was impressive as well, because um, Respawn's made up of uh, uh, Infinity Ward devs. Yeah. <laughs> Infinity Ward devs. Thank you. Um, so it's obviously some really really good pedigree there in terms of first person shooters. Um, I was so I'm pretty keen to, to get into Titanfall too. So I booted it up. I jumped in with our, our good friend Ben over the weekend and had a couple of rounds with him. When it worked, uh, it was a little unstable, um, but it was a technical a te- test. A technical <laughs> test. So that I, you know, it's understandable that, and it was for free as well. It went up live, and everyone was like, "All right, yep, cool, we'll jump in and give it a go." Because who wouldn't? Um, but what I played of it was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. That game is on my radar now. I'm probably going to pick it up, especially considering the single-player campaign is probably going to make me cry um, because the setup of it seems just like it's setting up for horrible, horrible emotional trauma. Um, and if they can pull that up, that, that, that's awesome. But uh, the multiplayer was really fun. I just loved traversing the maps. Um, getting around was just so much fun. You can slide, you can wall ride, you can double jump. Um, and I know that all those features sort of appear in first-person shooter games now. Oh, yeah. But They've been around for a it while was, now. But it was mainly because of Titanfall that did it. They were one of the first to really sort of make it work. Um, and it is, it's really fun to get around. If, even if you're terrible at first-person shooters, which I'm not great at, um, it was fun to get around. I still felt like a badass playing that game. So I also then, I also downloaded it. Yep. And I want to talk while you're talking about movement. I actually yep. also really enjoyed the movement. The thing I was excited for, and the thing that would basically that would basically decide if I buy it, is that grappling hook. And right. I wasn't super keen on how accurate it would be sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it was a little off. A little off, uh, to say the least. All um, I want to be is a sweet Attack on Titan character. That's all I want to be. <laughs> get your 3D move. Get exactly, your, yeah. and just take on the actual Titans. Yeah. Um, look, uh, there's a little bit of time for him to tweak that, and maybe even post-game, like post-launch as well, they may be able to tweak that as well. Um, but yeah, I, I. but when it did work, like there were times when... Okay, so summoning, like calling in your Titan is a feat among itself it, that's an exciting moment the first time you do that because you sort of you know the way uh, in the first game it was on a timer so after a certain amount of time you could call it in um, and I think you could drop the timer by performing better in the round I'm not 100% sure on that um, but I feel like that's how it worked but it still was on a timer after a certain amount of time you could call in your Titan the way it works in this uh, in Titanfall 2 is that it's uh, it's pure like skill based basically so you more kills that you get the more objectives that you complete the faster your titan bar uh fills and then when it gets to 100 you can hit uh down on the d-pad and yeah titanfall inbound in five four and it counts in the f- five seconds and then your awesome titan spawns in and you can jump into it and you can pile uh, it for about the five minutes you have it for yeah i, I had a round when I was in it for I, I I saved it for a while because I got it was like you know you can summon it kept telling me you can summon it now Titan's ready Titan's ready and I'm like no 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 I'm waiting I'm gonna wait and then eventually I was like all right this is the time it's go time because um, I had a round in one of the the 
game modes that they had, which was Bounty Hunt, uh, or, yeah, Bounty Hunt, I think it was called, um, and I was like, yeah, they, they summoned in uh, like enemy titans, and I'm like, alright, it's go time. So I called mine in and jumped in it, and I had it for the rest of the match, which is probably about 5-10 minutes, and I was like, yeah, I'm doing alright. Um, so when you're in the titan, you can, there's different types of titans this time, so there was access to two different types of titans in the, in the beta. Uh, which did you pick? One of which, I had Ion, so... Good, you picked the right choice. Yeah, with the giant you, chest... You chose the chest laser cannon. mech. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Um, I mean, Flame, or like, no. Blaze, I think. I don't called. know what his name is, but he doesn't have a chest laser, Blaze, so he doesn't... Something. Yeah. He doesn't register. But he has a flamethrower, that's kind of cool. But he doesn't have a chest um, laser. Like, ch- chest laser yeah, always true. Chest laser was awesome. And like, the awesome shoulder, like, blast cannon as well. Yeah, he's really got cool. the shield as well. Yeah, and like, the setting up the traps, like the, yeah, like, the laser traps. Yeah. He wins, like, easily. Yeah, so it's really cool. So you can pilot the, the Titan and run around and have fun with that. Um, but you can also set it to like autopilot essentially so you can jump out of it and it works on its own so it can go off and get you kills while you're hiding or waiting for health to respawn or or whatnot so if things get a bit hairy you can just go protect me titan and um, let it do its thing and that was kind of cool like you know I'd be on the other side of the map and then all of a sudden I started getting all this cash coming in and I'm like oh that's awesome Um, so the two game modes that I played, I didn't play pilot versus pilot because that's basically just team death. It match. has no max. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Basically. So I was like, checked out. I'm out. Um, so I played uh, the like basic capture point one. So it was just like hold a point and get money for it, um, like get points for it essentially. Um, and that was that's fine. It's basically you know king of the hill sort of game mode um, and your basic capture mode. But the other one that was really cool and I really liked is called Bounty Hunt, I think it was called. Um, so what happens with that is you still have the two teams, like, you know, two player-controlled teams. Um, but the round starts and it spawns in the grunts and, like, the AI enemies. And you kill those and you get money for it. Uh, and you can kill other players as well and you'll get more money for that and steal their money. Um, but when you die, you obviously lose some of your money and it goes to the player who killed you. So at certain points in the round, um, a bank would open up. There's two separate bank points. That would open up, and you were able to go there and, like, bank your cash. So it became this sort of, like, strategic thing of, like, all right, cool, I've got, like, I've got, like $300. Do I, do I make it back there? And then, like, you'll see, like, a whole bunch of your teammates dying near one of the banks. You're like, I'm not going to that one. I'm going to go to the other one now. And... Um, yeah, it was a really cool mode. So, like, it still had, like, you know, you were fighting these AI players, but you were still fighting against the other team, but it wasn't directly fighting them. Um, there were other things to do to make you feel like you were doing something in the team. How many times did you, in that game mode, find the enemy team hanging out literally near the bank that you wanted to use? <laughs> yeah, quite a few times. That happened to me all like, the time. Like, grenade. Uh, um, that was one thing I didn't like. The grenade, the, the fuse on the grenade was really long. Uh, for like a, a fast paced shooter, like it, I felt like it could have been a little quicker. Maybe I don't it's, know. It's a tricky, something. it's a tricky balance situation because you don't want grenades going off immediately. Because that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. I, I didn't actually try and see if you could cook the grenade either. As well, you might be able to hold it and cook it for a little bit and then throw it. I'm not a grenade um, person myself, so that's true. Uh, look, I, I, you know, 
I was trying it out, and I yeah, didn't get many kills with it. I was effectively against Titans. I found, oh yeah, like throwing them, like and then trying to like go. All right, the Titans coming towards me. If I put it here, by the time it explodes, it will be over the top of it. All right, that's cool. Um, the other cool thing about like this is all probably stuff that happened in the first game. I'm not sure, but from someone who didn't play it, this is all new to me. Um, you could grapple onto enemy Titans and as a pilot and jockey them essentially. And when you're on there, you could like mash the square button, and they um you pull out its battery, which like does a bit of damage or takes down its shield on the enemy titan. And then you can jump off, and you've got this battery, so you can go back to one of your friendly titans if one of your friends has got a titan, and then like jump onto it, put the battery into its titan, and sort of restore a bit of health. And I liked that; that was cool. Like it sort of added an extra layer to it that I didn't even think about. Um, I don't know. It's a lot of fun. I'm definitely probably going to pick it up now. Um, I just worry for it. I worry for it when it's coming out. It's... Yeah. Titanfall, like, Titanfall as a brand is fine, but when you're coming out within months of stuff like Destiny and Call of Duty and Battlefield... Oh, yeah. And competing true. with just the continuing onslaught of Overwatch, like... And considering that some of the fan... Not really backlash, but the fans have been... Well, not really fans. Like, gamers have been kind of on it this week. And I know that Respawn is reacting. And the second yep. beta, I think, is running this weekend. Will... Or maybe next weekend. I can't remember exactly. Will Actually, in- I think, yeah, it's September. Yeah. Will include some of the changes that they're implementing. So, I don't know. Like, I hope it does well. I'm interested. I'm not completely sold after the tech test, so... It was fun. Right. Yeah, I say I didn't get to play a whole lot of it, but what I played, I really liked, and I just keep thinking about that single player campaign because I feel like it's going to have a little bit of a little bit of weight to it, like not as much weight as much weight as like a like a cheesy action movie can have, sort of thing. Um, yeah, I, I'm probably going to pick it up. I we'll see. Might wait for reviews. We'll see. But yeah, it was really good. Uh, if you played it, let us know and see what your thoughts were on it. But that's about all for me. Uh, Kyron, what have you been playing this week? I was playing the most important release of the week, Joel. <laughs> yes. I, play, I was playing Deus Ex Mankind Divided, which right. is amazing. Fantastic. So basically, there's a general rundown. Mankind mm-hmm. Divided is set about two years after the events of Human Revolution, which, if you didn't play, the game actually includes like a 12-minute video to recap it good. at the start, which is cool. I- I did not play should, it, so I... You should go play yeah. Human Revolution. It's really good. I want to. I, I swear, they should have done a PS4 remaster. Like, I don't know why they didn't. There's a missed opportunity there. Well, anyway. I don't know. Like, some people... Like, some developers are getting shat all over for doing them, so... That's true, I suppose. Uh, but anyway, basically, yeah. So, it's set two years after that. Uh, after the events of... An event called The Incident, which is all I'll say, if you haven't played Human Revolution. Right. Uh, which has left the world in kind of a sorry state. Very a very huge divide exists between what is called the naturals and the orgs, and it's just, it's an interesting world to step into. The sort of like the press campaign leading up to it has been weird. There's been some stuff that's made me really think, and there was mm-hmm. also some stuff that caught some flack, like in one of the more recent trailers where a character had a sign saying "Org Lives Matter." Uh. So it's been a bit all over the place. But the game itself, putting all that aside, it is a first-person stealth action role-playing game so right right up my alley uh if you played the first one it's pretty similar but if you haven't you know it's kind of i'm trying to think of a good example to compare it to the controls is very much just like a 
I guess Bethesda, you know, you walk around with your left stick, you can shoot if you choose, you can talk your way out of some situations if you prefer. Right. Uh, it has a cover system. You can attach yourself to, like, walls and objects with the with a button press, and it goes third person, allowing you a bit more perspective. Some people aren't crazy about that, and I can see why. It does turn some modes sort of into an easy mode, essentially, giving you more of a, yeah. a third-person perspective over the environment. Yep. But you know what? <laughs> I don't care, because it's fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so he's Adam Jensen is back, which is an interesting choice after Human Revolution. But he's, he never asked for this. He never asked for this, but he's back again. He's got his old toys, a lot of his old toys from the first game, with some new ones. Some ones Lovely. in particular. I haven't unlocked them yet because they're pretty late down the augment tree. Yeah. But um, some of a couple of the new ones that I looked at and was just like, oh, I really want that. One of them I can't actually have because I'm, of course, doing my stealth tradition of no kills, <laughs> which sucks. I don't know why I'd do it to myself, but the second playthrough I'll have fun, or more fun. The stealth is actually surprisingly good in this game. But anyway, one of his awesome. new abilities is like he can launch one of his wrist blades at an enemy at range, which that sounds really good. Sounds really cool. Yep. The, the, the wrist chisels were good fun in Human Revolution, and I can't wait to shoot them at my enemies. <laughs> And the other one I saw was uh, remote hacking, which sounds incredibly useful for when you can't reach that one monitor, that one screen that you need to hack. Yes. I think the ability to like, do it at range would be very useful. Uh, but basically, I've, I've been spending, I've spent about maybe oh, eight or nine hours with it so far. All mm-hmm. of that time has been spent in the opening hub area because <laughs> I keep going, oh, I'll head towards the quest area. And then I'll see a vent. I'll be like, oh, I've got to go through that vent. And I'll go through <laughs> that vent. And I'll end up in a room and go, ooh, there's a computer I've got to hack. And I'll hack the computer. A door will open. I'll go through the door. And I'll be in a different area of the hub area. I'm like, there's a vent I need to go into. And the cycle just loops and continues. So I've basically spent the first eight hours just opening up. I think it's Prague is the first area it's set in. Okay. And... It's been a good time. The environment is really cool. A lot of the characters and the interactions are interesting. A lot of the side quests, I've done a couple so far, feel a lot more fleshed out than in the That's first good. game, which is good. Like mm. One of the ones I did tonight was actually, basically there was a little underground colony of like brainwashed people. Okay. And when I went in there to try and like talk their, essentially their leader, like the leader from The Simpsons, who was running them, I was like, yeah, basically. <laughs> I tried to talk him down, and it turns out he had like an ability to like infiltrate, like mess with my orgs, and like sort of hypnotize me and make and like make me do what what he want what he wanted me to do. So I had to go and go out and find one of his old mates, and he would he told me a workaround. I didn't have to use the workaround. I could have been more aggressive with my options, but I chose to be the people's person. And I took yep. him. I took it. I solved the issue without killing a single person. Fantastic. But, um, the quest was actually really interesting, and I am excited to see what else it's going to throw at me because so far I'm having a good time with it. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I definitely am interested in playing it because um, I mean I played the original Deus Ex when I was a lot younger, um, and I loved it. I don't remember what happened in the story for the life of me, um, because I was fairly young when I played it and a bit of a dumb kid didn't pay attention to any of that kind of thing um but uh watching I watched the Easy Allies did a retrospective on the Deus Ex 
uh, franchise recently, and I watched the first part of that, and watching them talk about what happened in the first game, I was like, I remember doing all this sort of stuff, but I don't remember, like, like, I remember it, but it wasn't familiar. Yeah. Um, but the gameplay was always the best part of, like, that those games, because, well, Invisible War aside... We don't um, talk about Invisible War. There are, no, there, no. So far, there are three Deus Ex games. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, but the first one was always great. Like, you know, the inventory management was really cool. Um, being able to talk your way out of any situation, especially in a game at that time in that era, was crazy, like, really cool. Well, we actually had the, um, the, the, the pleasure of seeing Mr. Warren Spector talk about did, yes. the, the development of Deus Ex, and you can see a lot of his philosophy on games in that game. And it's yeah. very cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, so I like I, I was interested in playing um, Human Revolution, but I just I because obviously I was like, oh, that new Deus Ex game, yeah, cool, awesome, I'll play that. And I just I never did, and I don't know why. I don't know why I never played it. I have it on Steam, and my laptop can run it. And I did start playing it the other day, maybe in hopes of trying to get through it. But I was I sort of got overwhelmed, and was like, oh, I'm not going to get through this in time so I sort of stopped um, which which sucks because I, I heard it was nothing but good things about that it's game it's a really good game with a yeah. really good theme song yes oh yeah the music is great it is just, just as um, good in Mankind Divided so far oh awesome awesome um, but yeah, it's interesting to hear you talk about the, the spending your first nine hours eight or nine hours in the game in that opening hub world because that seems to be what I've heard from most people who play that game so basically because like you get the option to go to the quest and i was like cool i'll do it that's definitely what i want to do but yeah i get so distracted when i see a little vent there i'm like well i'm gonna make my adam jensen crawl all up inside that vent and see where i pop out (laughs) and i'll be like on a rooftop or in someone's apartment or in a my friend actually my housemate actually did this he ended up in a bank (laughs) <laughs> and over the course of like I think like an hour or two hours he had hacked his way like four floors into this bank and had to go no Jesus. I'm I'm done I'm cutting myself off <laughs> so like it's really fun to just explore the world and interact with the characters and oh also something something very amusing that I did is you can catch trains from station to station and because of because <laughs> yes. of the situation in the world so the trains are separated there's a train for the naturals and a train for the augmented folk. Uh, I, right. I flew the big middle finger in their face. I took the naturals train. Hey. The police were not happy with me. Doing it for the people. I believe you described yourself as like an, uh, My housemate a robot. described me as this. Oh, yes. Yeah, robot Rosa, Rosa Parks. Yes, that is exactly how he described me. That's um, fantastic. So I, the cops were pretty pissed off, but they didn't stop me. So I did it again. They were pissed off again. And I did it again. <laughs> And they kind of just stopped. They just they're like, whatever. He's gonna keep doing it. Oh, God, stupid Adam Jensen. And you're like, victory, victory for me. Everyone, join me on the on the Naturals train, please. <laughs> but yeah, it's a really good game, and if people get a chance to check it out, they definitely should. Awesome. Yeah, I I definitely will check it out down the track. I think. Um, and especially after hearing that there 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 is that sort of twelve minute intro video that catches you up to speed. So that. Uh, alleviates my one big fear about going into that game have, having not played Human Revolution. Um, but yeah, awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Anything else you've been playing this week? Nothing? No, like literally that's been about it because I've had actually cool. had a very heavy workload at my job this week. So it's been like ah. work all day, come home and sneak in some, some Deus Ex before going to bed. 
Yep. And repeating yeah. the cycle over That was the beauty again. about... Well, that was the beauty about being addicted to a mobile game all week is that I could on my breaks and before I went to bed, I could just be, all right, I'm going to go to bed. And then like two hours later while I'm sitting in bed, I'm like, all right, now I'm actually going to sleep. Um, thank you, Leap of Fate. Uh, cool. All right, shall we move on? Yeah, we can dig into the, to the, some of the news bits from this week. Lovely, lovely. There's been just a few little, there's a couple of big ones, but there's a whole bunch of just little tidbits that we're going to touch on, I think, this week. Um, one of the big ones from this week. Uh, so, uh, as we had mentioned, I think, last week or the week before, um, Sony are holding a PlayStation meeting on the 7th of September. Yes, I believe the, so, yeah. The 8th for us, um, probably. Um First week of September, they're having a PlayStation meeting where the Neo is going to be un- unveiled. Uh, there were also rumors going around of a PS4 Slim being announced. And lo and behold, mm, good old leaks. Uh, that's a thing. It was a leak, but it was one of the weirdest leaks I've seen in a while. It was really strange. So it, it, it got leaked. It came out that, yeah, the, the PS4 Slim is a thing that exists. Um, but I believe it was... Someone selling one on Gumtree? It was a Gumtree post that revealed this was a thing. What a... Oh, and of course, no one, no one believed him, because why would you? Exactly. Everyone's like, ah, oh, it's a really good mock-up. Like, yeah, yeah, basically. But I think it was Eurogamer did the footwork and like went to the person's place and like shot it booting up. It's like, this is, a, this is legit. This is a PS4 yep. Slim. How yep. is this how we've gotten here? <laughs> it's out. So uh, there's a few interesting things about this. So this person's obviously got their hands on one. So the release for the PS4 Slim is obviously going to be very, very soon after. It's going to be it's going to be a situation where they go, and you can buy it tomorrow. Yeah. Oh god, it's going to be the fucking Sega Saturn all over again. Except this time, like it's a PS, it's a Slim, so they don't need. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's not a new console yet. Um, but I mean, it looks good. Looks, it's smaller. I, I kind of like, like. It looks nice, but I I love my PS4. Like my PS4 looks great. The only complaints about the on the PS4 currently the stupid buttons. Oh yeah, the buttons are dumb. I hate them. <laughs> um, I hate the buttons. As someone who the, lives in a house with a cat, they're dumb. Yeah, and, well, the the the, the non existent buttons essentially, like you know, yeah, the touch pads that are on it. Um, but I love my PS4. I got the the white PS4s I got with the Destiny bundle. Um, and it looks nice. I really like it. I'm uh, stuck I'm with my PS4. Yeah, yeah, you, you're committed. If I get a new um, PS4, it's literally a new PS4. Yep. Yep. Um, but, I mean, like, yeah, I have no real need to rush out and buy one. But if you haven't got one yet, that's, you know, good as time as any. Um, what size is the hard drive that's going to be in the... They haven't really... I think the one that was on Gumtree was still 500 gig, which was interesting. Yeah. I guess but I'm, they might do two models, though. Have a terabyte surely. as well. Surely, because they've been they've been flogging the, uh, the 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 terabyte one uh, and the, the the normal PS4s lately. So, um, but the interesting thing about the probably the biggest change is the the DualShock Four controller that comes with it. Um, so the top of the touchpad has like a clear, like a see through part essentially. So, uh, light from the light bar on the top of the PS4 can come through and you as the player can see it without having to like tilt the controller towards you. Um, which is cool. Because there are some games that use that quite well. The light bar's pretty nifty. We, yeah. I'm also hearing, though, that apparently this controller still has the same 
or at least roughly the same battery as the original DualShock 4, which, as anyone who owns a DualShock 4 knows, is garbage, because that thing lives for, like, five minutes before it dies. It is mediocre! It is, like, with the flashing yep. lights and the move controller and the touchpad and the this and the mm. that, like, it just, yep. and the speaker, it just doesn't live very long without a yeah. charge connection, which yeah. is a bummer. It is a real bummer. Um, it's not too much of a problem for me because I, I charge mine off my laptop. Oh, yeah. So my I'd... laptop is set up next to me, so, like, I, it, it's it's still essentially wireless. I charge but... mine too, but, like, it's still, like... It's disappointing, yeah. Crappy battery life in a wireless controller basically makes the wireless point of that controller a waste of time. Yeah, yeah. But it looks like... Uh, uh, it seems to be that the, the little clear light bar part, it's not, like, a second light. It's just, like, a see-through. yeah. So you get sort of like bounce back of that light to come through. Um, but yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, again, I have no need to buy one. Uh, I like unless... I've got my sweet uh, 20th anniversary PS4 controller. So oh, I'm you good. do, yeah. Oh, I don't have that. There's been no controllers out that I really want to get. Uh, I, we have two controllers here. I have my white one that came with my PlayStation 4, and I've got a blue one, which is my wife's one, so that I bought her. So she's got her own controller that she can play with. I was tempted by the um the crystal clear one that came out recently. That looks very cool. Um, I, my old Game Boy is that exact same design, like oh, crystal. Yeah, the old crystal controllers, like the old see-through plastic, just so you could see I, the meaty innards. Yep. See, like when the rubble packs activate, like it's. Jeez. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did. I did like that. Um, and I did like the one that came with the the, the Uncharted Four one. The like the blue like gunmetal grey I guess you could call it um, oh well, yeah it was a very much it was a gunmetal blue sort of thing it was a nice yeah. colour there was also a good one in the MGS5 bundle as well oh that one was nice pity it was to promote a terrible game uh, anyway we're not going to get into that again this week um, cool so yeah that's that's a thing uh, it, it's basically been confirmed now that it, it, it exists it's coming out sometime we will definitely have a release date for that uh, after the the PlayStation meeting in the first week of September. I guess the question um, there is, does that mean that Neo is now a next year thing? Like, is that going to... If I, Was it always going to yeah. be a next year thing, or have they done this because of how Microsoft has been talking up the Scorpio? Well, look, that's the thing. I guess we'll probably never, ever know the no. real reason behind that. But I I would, like, put my... I would 75% confidently put money on, uh, on that being the case. Because the original... I, a lot of the original leaks stated that the Neo wasn't going to be that big of a boost. Yeah. So... It was going to yeah. be like a sort of, you know, just a bit more, just just uh, get a bit more beef behind it. But look, as especially since um, Microsoft came out and talked so much about how many teraflops and all that kind of thing, um, and that might have... ever evasive NX on the horizon. Exactly. So Sony so, probably wants to have new hardware out anyway. Yeah, so I feel like my prediction for when the, the Neo is going to release, it'll be, I mean, we still have no clear release date for the NX, but we think March, don't we? I think it's according to what they're saying. They say yeah. by the end of March, but who knows? Yeah. So if that's that's to happen, and then Scorpio's at November next year, I think. So I I reckon smack bang in the middle. I reckon like oh, really? July. That's when I reckon. I'm going to say if they do it, it'll be around the same time as Scorpio. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're trying to get the jump on them. Nah, like man, those like those November like for Christmas sales, those are the ones you want to get. Yeah, it's true. But the who, only who thing, knows? Like the only thing that I think, uh, the the only thing that I think for that time frame as well would be 
trying to push more VR units. That's true. As well, because that it's the uh, PlayStation VR can be used on the normal PS4, but it's been reported that it's going to be a better experience on the Neo. I feel makes sense, honestly. Um, the VR comes with its own little like black box that attempts to. It doesn't actually make games look better on PS4. It just tries to help the PS4 run yeah. VR better. Yeah, exactly. So if that's the case, then that could be built into the Neo. You don't need that as such or that it's got built in soft uh, hardware that boosts it enough that that extra little bit of processing power Heck, makes it a be, little better there's going to be Neo VR bundles anyway so oh god yeah god yeah um, but yeah like that's you know lots of things to look forward to we actually uh, have a question about the Neo we sort of talked about it a little bit then but we'll, we'll touch it on the Neo again soon in this episode um, continue on the PlayStation bandwagon uh, PlayStation Now, the streaming service for uh, PlayStation games, is now available on PC. Uh, and it has a wireless dongle you can buy to plug into a USB port on your computer and use your DualShock 4 wirelessly on your computer. Even though you could, you could kind of do it anyway. You could absolutely do it. Like, it's, there was no... yeah. I guess, it's, I guess it maybe there's a bit less hassle. Yeah, and you like wirelessly. So if you have like your like you have a media tower PC that's connected to your TV, and you know you don't have a PlayStation, you can just go and buy like a eighty dollar controller, and then you you're good to go. You can yeah. play these PlayStation games. That's that's cool. Um, if only but for we me, could like, use now over here. Yeah, exactly. It's useless to us because we've got terrible internet. So, um, I mean, if yeah, you're the type of person that does have a really good PC but not a PlayStation 4 but still want to play some of those exclusives uh, that is an option for you now there are some Check good games on now honestly some good yeah libraries. there is it's a really good library um, it's depressingly good for us uh, so yeah that's really cool um, what have we got next oh we got Dark Souls Did oh we? Joel we got Dark Souls Dark Souls we got Dark Souls Joel it happened. Ooh. It's finally right. happening. Take it, Karen. So, this actually started a few days ago when Sony accidentally tweeted about it, which was <laughs> yeah, quite amazing. Because I checked yes. my Twitter, I was just like, I didn't think this announcement was until tomorrow, but okay. Basically, Dark Souls 3 is getting its first DLC expansion titled mm-hmm. The Ashes of Ariandel. I probably butchered the pronunciation there. Uh, but yeah, that's it's meant to be dropping on about October 25th on PS4. Presumably the other platforms as well. Obviously, Sony is going to push it as much as they can because <laughs> it's Dark Souls and Demon Souls started on Sony anyway. So yep, that's it. But um, but yeah. So basically, it's the same sort of drill rundown as like Dark Souls 2 DLC. If you played any of those, it's got a new area. This one's sort of snowy, like a snow castle theme based on the trailer, mm. which is looks amazing. It looks great. And it will also include a new exclusive PvP arena if you want to go and get your ass kicked by all those really good Dark Souls players. Yay. <laughs> There's a lot of them. Oh, we just oh, can't compete rough. with our internet once again. Hey, that worked in my favour when, when I got invaded playing Dark Souls 3 for one of the first times. I got invaded, and because my internet was just lagging out or their internet was lagging out or something was going on, but they were glitching out. Uh, the game was glitching, so I was swinging and my attacks weren't hitting or I'd dodge. Um, and it looked like it hit me, but it wouldn't count. 
but when I'd swing and hit at them, it looked like it missed, but it actually took off damage. Oh, man. Yeah, that person would have been fucking mad. So I'll never forget my uh, time of Dark Souls 2 with the teleport backstabs. <laughs> yeah. The worst experience ever. But anyway, so PvP, honestly, it was better in Dark Souls 3. I was able to compete with some players, yep. so that felt good. So who knows? Maybe I'll wade into the arena. Maybe you'll see me there. Maybe you'll kill me. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it um, also includes new weapons, new armor, and I'm pretty sure at least a new miracle and a new sorcery as well. Yes. The miracle looks all like the Structro Disc from Dragon Ball Z, so I'm in. <laughs> as a faith build, I'm all about that. Yep. Uh, of course it includes new bosses because we love to suffer. Yep. Of course we do. Uh, and some people have done some digging with the name and have found that its rough Quenya translation is Valley of the Maiden of Sunlight, which is interesting. Quite interesting, yes. People are drawing a lot of lore conclusions, of which I will not dive into because, again, it's early days and we don't know exactly who was going to be involved, but there are plenty of yep. theories floating around there on the internet you can go and find. Right, right. But uh, I am in, Joel. Excited. I'm so excited. excited I'm Curry. ready to go back. I'm ready to go fight those bosses and die endlessly and just push through and emerge from the other side as a as a champion. As yep. A victor. Uh look, I'm I'm uh not super like jazzed. I'm not gonna get it day one because um I may have traded my copy of Dark Souls three and for Uncharted Four. Casual. But actually no, it was for Overwatch. Casual. Um, yeah, I know, I know. Look, I enjoy the game, uh, but I'm not obviously not as heavily invested in the lore and the world as, say, you or your housemate are. Oh, it's such a good um, world. The lore's so good. Yeah, look, it's great. I just, I, it, it, it's, it's a little lost on me. And oh, like I said, no. I, I enjoyed, I really enjoyed my time with the game. I did. No. Um, I, <laughs> You're killing me. I, I know, I know. I'm sorry. Don't tell but me you I, played Dark Souls 3 with, like, music playing or, like, a podcast running. Oh god, no, dude! Thank no, god. I no, I play. I did do that, and it fills me with a horrible yeah, that's, rage. I if I'm playing a game on my TV, I never do that. Like it's not that's I rarely do that. Sorry, but it's I don't know. Like I I enjoyed my time with the game. I really did. Um, but yeah, I'm not a, like heavily invested. So it's on my radar. I'm sure I'll hear about it from you. So oh, you will. Fine. Like when we have the episode that week, I'm going to be talking all about it. Yep, that's fine. Because it, cool. it's coming out, and I'm going to into lockdown mode. I'm playing nothing but that DLC till I beat it. Yep. Hey, well, I've still got to beat that fucking Bloodborne DLC, oh, dude. God, I haven't yeah. like I've beaten the the main boss of that DLC, but not the optional boss because I tried to fight him and he was fucking terrifying. <laughs> I've got to. Sorry, I should rephrase what I said. I've got to make any kind of progress in that Bloodborne DLC. Um, but yeah, that's that's great. So Dark Souls 3 fans, you've got something to look well, Dark Souls fans, you've got something to look forward to. Oh, give it to me. Yeah. Death is your reward. My eternal reward. Mm. Oh, yes. Uh, cool. Uh, so another brief topic. Pokemon Go has had a big drop-off. I think it's about 14 million players have dropped off since, like, the first week of August. Um, Is it kind of like... It's tricky because I have seen videos saying it's still popular. Like, there was that Taiwanese mm. video of the Stampede for Snorlax. Yes. I don't blame the players for dropping off, though. Like, 
and the Arctic's not giving us much. So they took away our no. radar. Yeah, it's it's been it's been rough. Um, but look, I think there's some things that are gonna it's gonna it's gonna fire back up again soon. Maybe not to the the lofty heights of the uh, the original release, but and, and I think there's enough people out there still playing it um, and having fun with it. Like my wife's still playing it. I check it every now and then. Like it's it's a cool it's a cool kind of thing that I can just if I'm bored and I'm out somewhere that I haven't like in a new area that I haven't been before or haven't been for a while. I can go. I'll call it, just open my app and catch some Pokemon. Like, on the weekend, I was in Bendigo. Um, I went back home to see family and whatnot. And, um, yeah, I caught a whole bunch of stuff that I couldn't find in Melbourne, re- like, readily available. So that was cool. I was like, oh, I'm back home. I'll just catch a few Pokemon. Um, it's cool to sort of just check in every now and then. That's how I feel about playing it. Obviously, there are some people who are still playing it regularly and playing it quite seriously, I guess you could say. But, um Heavily invested in it. My deck's hit ninety two, and I think that's about as far as I'm going to go. Honestly, yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's a solid. That's a solid effort. I think I'm up to like seventy four or something. Um, but yeah, like I mean, there's been people who've like in the last update have data mined some stuff and found out some interesting things about like legendaries in there as well. So they are coming. Um, well, but this last update did bring my favorite thing at the moment. Uh, it brought. Uh, evaluations from the your like trainer leaders essentially from your team leaders um, and of course it took all of about 30 seconds for someone to realise because when it talks about your Pokemon it evaluates and goes wow your Gyarados is quite strong oh, um, Jesus. your Gyarados is the biggest I've ever seen you can see where I'm going with this people started calling their Pokemon dick and it's like wow your dick is the biggest I've ever seen and I was like yep that's all right. This is what we can't have. Well nice done, things. internet. No, no, I'm on board with that. That's I got a chuckle out of that. Oh, look, I, like, I had a chuckle as well, and sure. I was like, oh, it's just this like took oh, seconds. Yeah. It literally took seconds. Like that update went live, and I saw like a post, and I was like, ah, <laughs> yeah, cool. All right. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're still playing it, good on you. That's great. Good for you. I mean, that sounded really condescending. I didn't mean it to sound like that at all. Yes, you did. Yeah, I don't know. I did a little bit. We'll see. Um, like the thing that's gonna be interesting with Pokemon Go is like how, like when when Sun and Moon come out, which is honestly what I'm waiting for. Mm. I mean, I'm sure people still care about Go at that point, but yeah, like that, it's a, if there's a new Pokemon game, Go's in the bin for me. Yeah, I, I think they're gonna do some sort of tie-in with Go. Well, I think we'll see. I like some sort of tie-in. It might not be much, but it, there's gonna be some sort of tie-in. I would wager I mean, a small luck would happen on the NX Pokemon. Ah, uh, that's true. Yeah, that's very true. Um, but, I mean, yeah, legendaries are coming. I think they're going to be sooner rather than later, at least in some way, shape, or form. We might not get all of them, but we might get some. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Awesome, moving right along. So, the Rio Summer Games wrapped up over the weekend. I watched none of it. I um, also watched Zero. Yeah, just because I don't watch TV, I don't. I like. I have Netflix. I have YouTube. That's what I watch. Like that's, and any other things that I legally obtain. Um, but that's what I mean. Like I just, you know, I don't need normal TV, so I don't have it connected, so I don't watch it. So um, I saw a few things here and there. There were some cool stories that came out of it. That's great. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there. Well, there was a lot of people out there that got really into it. Um, but the 
best thing for me that came out of the Rio Summer Games came from the closing ceremony. Um, uh, as some of you might know, the next Summer Games are going to be taking place in Tokyo in Japan in 2020, um, which is awesome because Japan's great and lovely and crazy, and that got reflected uh, at each Summer Games closing ceremony. There's like a handover of the games to the next country that is uh, hosting the games. Uh, and Japan brought the thunder just amazingly. So they started with a video that, you know, was, I think of like uh, Shibuya uh, intersection, I think, or something. It was a very like popularized area in Japan. Um, next minute, Mario pops up and he's wandering around. Everyone's like, woo, it's Mario, great. Um, here, a pipe appears out of the ground and he sort of falls into it and goes through this sort of like warp tunnel complete with sound effects they were there oh well. yeah oh yeah oh yeah it was it was the real deal uh and then it cut back to the live footage of of, of rio in the closing ceremony and suddenly the fucking prime minister of japan appears out of a warp pipe in the middle of the arena wearing a fucking mario costume and then tears it off and takes his hat off and he's like hey it's me the prime minister of japan and it was cool applause just amazing I saw that video you, you sent the video to me and I was like holy shit that is the fucking coolest thing it basically confirmed that like when 2020 rolls around the things I'll be watching at the next Olympics will be the opening and closing ceremony they for sure they are going to be batshit crazy cool like it's going to be so amazing um, but yeah I just thought that was fun that we had to touch on that it was just such a cool little thing that was video game related and it's great. I'm sure you've probably seen the video. It's done the rounds uh, on all the socials. So um, you've probably seen it. If you haven't, go and look it up. Just look up Rio Closing Ceremony Japan, and I'm sure you'll find it that way. Um, it'll be all over the internet. Uh, so some really cool stuff there. Uh, cool. What do we got next? Ah, oh, yes, another little brief topic. This actually got announced, I think, a couple of weeks ago, but it just popped up again on my radar that I thought it was kind of funny. Um, South Park, the Fractured Butthole, is coming out later on this year, and they've done an interesting promo thing that appeared at Gamescom. Uh, So if you played the first South Park game or if you've heard anything about the Fractured Butthole, um, which if you haven't played Stick of Truth, it's awesome. Such a good game. It's a surprisingly good game. I mean... yeah. The RPG it, stuff towards the end kind of got a bit fiddly, but... Yep, and it looks like they're tweaking that with this game, but um, I'm sure we'll talk about that closer to the release date. Um, I don't know, man. Like, it's it's picked a really bad time to come out now. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm, I'm Look, I'll probably talk about it closer to the release date because I'm definitely getting it. Um, but yeah, so farts are a very important part of that game. That's a sentence I didn't think I, I would say when I woke up today. Um so they're very it's an actual like attack that you can use uh, strategically in the game and they are coming back in the second game in Fractured Butthole of course and yeah so Ubisoft has decided to do a an interesting promotional thing at their at their booths having a thing called the Nosculus Rift uh-huh. so you can kind of see where this is going. They're making smell vision a real thing. Um, obviously, this isn't going to be something that's going to be available to the consumer. This is just for their uh, the conventions and their show events. Um, 
but you can play the demo as uh, South Park, the fractured butt hole, and when your character farts, it releases fart smells into the nosculus rift, which is strapped over your face. Fucking hell. Yep, it's a thing. Look, I, you got to give them. You got to give them props for like a kind of clever marketing thing. It sounds awful, but it's it's clever. It's funny. Like it's something that you know that that game's now got an extra bit of press now that people have reported on this sort of thing. Um, not that it needed any any help because yeah, it's probably going to do relatively well. Again, um, like oh no, man. Yeah, rough time. Rough time. It was but, a, it was okay an okay time originally, but not since the delay of Final Fantasy fifteen, which it's now yeah. going to be basically a week after. But I think there, when it comes down to it, too, there's two different markets there. Oh, definitely, but yeah, but still, it, it's going to hurt. Like yeah. The RPG chunk of who people who would probably be looking at fractured butthole. Yeah, but I, I'm interested yeah. to see how it goes. Yeah, it's going to be going to be an interesting thing. It might be a thing that might have like a, a bit of a resurgence, maybe like a couple of months later people go oh yeah that's that game there's, there's a drought I'm going to pick that up because it was on my radar but obviously Final Fantasy 15 came out so um, but yeah I just thought it was funny I wanted to touch on that horribly gross but it was you know. it was exactly in line with South Park's humour yeah absolutely that's, and that's what the, that's the best thing about it so uh, that's um, the most important thing about this, this game and the previous game like it's just it's South Park through and through oh yeah god yeah absolutely so I love me some um, South Park yeah, me too, me too. And it was just a playable episode of South Park, which is... Oh, yeah, it was. Just, yeah, it was great. Um, cool. All right, what do we got next? What do we got next? Ooh, Overwatch, man. I tell it's you, Overwatch I time. Be, yeah, it's just Go always there. Overwatch time. Well, it, hey, we can't help it that it's an amazing I know, game. I know we can't help it. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. We, but, we just can't avoid uh, it. <laughs> so, uh, but this one, this bit, this little news topic definitely concerns you, Karen. Um, so the new map, uh, I'm not even going to bother trying to pronounce it again, uh, Ice and Wild. You said you weren't going to bother. There no, you go, man. That's the thing. I don't, I don't even think that's... I, I haven't got it written in front of me, so I don't even know if that's even anywhere that's close. That's um, But yeah, so that the, the new map went up on the public test servers uh, a couple of days ago now and uh, on PC. And so players have started, you know, obviously playing it and checking out all the bits and pieces that are related to the new map. Um, and there's one little Easter egg that they've that Blizzard have included in there. Uh, Kyron? I don't want to be too cynical, but it almost <laughs> feels like it's, you know, too easy at this point to do this. I'm well, still, yeah. I still love it, don't get me wrong. Yep. Yep. But yeah, they put a bonfire in there. There's a bonfire in a castle. Yep. Bonfire with sword in it. Dark Souls Unfortunately, style. you can't sit there and spend your souls mid-match. No. So, no, unfortunately. Yeah, it's a shame. You can eat them, though, if you're a Reaper. That's true, I guess, yeah. if you're playing as Reaper. So you can still collect the souls. That's. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of cool. It's it cool. Really it was fun. Interesting it's fun. And I think it's, it's quite... It's not super difficult to get to, but you've got to go out of your way to find it, too. So it's not, like, just there. That's all I'm going to be doing when that castle comes out. So Yeah, oh, I'm going to check it out, too, because I've got to check it out and have a look at it. Um, but it's cool because combined with the the new emotes, that a lot of them are sitting emotes. So you can only imagine what's going to be happening there. I saw the, the one of the Genjis hanging at the bonfire. And it was perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, it's kind of interesting, kind of cool, fun little thing that Blizzard's doing, and just you know, um, I forgot to put this in the notes, and I'll just very very briefly touch on this. There have been some more sombra developments as well that's happened. 
Um, apparently, one of the Blizzard forum pages got hacked, in inverted commas, by Sombra and glitched out. And it had another code uh, in there that led uh, the game. And it directly addressed the game detectives, the guys that have been on top of the case so far. They direct, uh, Sombra directly addressed them and, uh, and called them out, basically. And so there's been some more developments in that. I'm sure if you wanted to check that one out, go and, go and have a look. You just look up you know, the Sombra stuff. It's all over the internet. Sombra uh, has got to be getting close. Oh, surely. I think it's, we're building up to it now. Um, I think someone made an interesting point though whether like you know do you think we're actually going to see this character soon or do you think Sombra's going to be the person who leaks all the like again inverted commas leaks all the other the new characters that are coming out she's like or they are the, the, the character that's got all the fingers in the pies and know what's going on and have all the information I mean maybe like there was also some brief chatter by Blizzard that they're not ruling out the possibility but down the road that some heroes may retire wow that's interesting I don't know how I feel about that oh yeah I don't know how I feel about that I mean it may not that's happen they were just saying that they were open to it and I don't know that's interesting Karen you hit me in the feels I actually got a bit of an emotional pang then from that I've grown attached to these characters I know that's why they can't do it they're not allowed to oh no just keep growing oh. that roster Oh, hopefully by this time next week we'll ha- we might have a little bit more information. I'll I'll do a bit more research and maybe check some Reddit posts and and see what's going on. You'll never come back from it, so I'll miss you. I know, you. I know. I I love a good ARG though. I'm terrible at actually com- like participating in them, but I like following them. Um, I fell down the first Cloverfield um, ARG. I fell down that hole hard. Um, so yeah, I'll probably check it out, and I'm, I might come back with a bit of a report next week on that. Um, but speaking of emotional pangs and Overwatch. Uh, Bastion's short the latest Overwatch uh, animated short came out last week as soon as we finished recording last week it was live so I watched it um, and you know I basically was the the spitting image of that picture that was lie down try not to cry cry a lot because um, it was pretty good and uh, hit me in the feels a little bit yeah it was it was a good short Blizzard obviously mm. it was going to be at least oh. always good, but yep. um, I was actually really surprised. And the interesting implication of maybe some PTSD elements there for Bastion as a character is yeah. also intriguing. Yeah, it was really cool, really cool. And as soon as that, as soon as it started, and like they were playing up the whole thing between uh, Ganymede, Bastion's little bird, and and Bastion, I was like, this is going to go terribly. This is going to go south fast. Um, Very interesting does. glimpse of a past as well for Bastion's yeah. eyes. Yeah, really interesting. And especially because that's definitely directly correlates with the new map. Well, you can see it in the background when he's walking along. Yeah, so that's... um, It's it's really cool. Uh, If you you haven't checked it out, it's it's up online. Go and find it. But of course, in true Bastion fashion, the first thing he does is go to turret mode and kill everything and probably get (laughs) played the game. Because that's what he does. Yeah, play the game. And it's just him as like trees. Yeah, just mow them all down. down. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, it seriously got me. It got me, man. And I, I, the next day I woke up and was like, I'm just going to watch all these again. And I went and watched all the, all the shorts again and went, yep, these are so good. Uh, that's like a good, like 50 minutes of just solid entertainment there. Welcome to Blizzard's amazing CG, honestly. Yeah. They've been doing this shit for years. They have been. But the thing about 
with with Overwatch, these these short little stories are just so. I'm a huge Disney Pixar fan. Okay, so I have Luxo Junior tattooed on my leg. Like that's how hardcore of a Pixar fan I am. I love that shit. Toy Story three, I consistently makes me cry, like just break down crying. The end of that movie. Um, and not even the sad part, just like the, the very end part. Anyway, um, so to see like a company like Blizzard do this with these characters that I love from this video game that I've played so much of, and have I still have that same sort of emotional attachment that I do when I watch one of those really good Disney Pixar films is just awesome. I love it so much. Oh, thank you, Blizzard. They thank are you. good at what they do. Thank you. Oh my god, that game is amazing. I didn't tell you this. I've been playing as Widowmaker lately. Um, I was in the chat last night when you were mentioning it. Mm. I got a play of the game last night as Widowmaker. Congratulations on a console, no less. Yep, I'm fucking super proud of that. Um, she's fun. So she's my new she's my new favorite at the moment. Uh, but anyway, uh, this leads us to one of our first questions. This is going to go into our question segment now. I'm segueing into this Ooh, because we had a question. Segue. Ab- Hey, thanks, man. Uh, we, well, we had a, a, we can thank Angus for this one, our good friend Angus, um, who asked us a question about the Bastion short, which I've basically just answered, which is, how many tears did you cry watching the last Bastion Overwatch animated short? A few. I'd be lying if I did if I said not. Like, I didn't have a couple of manly tears welling up in my eyes. Um and then, like, smiling happily at the end and optimistically at the end. It was, um, but yeah, like, it's, like I said, it's just a testament to see how Blizzard can take these characters from a game that has, like, if you look at the game itself and none of the other, like, lore surrounding it outside of the game, there's not a lot to go on. It's these colourful characters, and that's it. Um, but the fact that they've expanded and made made people care so much about these characters and have these emotional attachments to them. And like you said, when you said before about Blizzard toying with the idea of retor- retiring certain heroes, like, that that makes me sad. That makes me sad in the face. Well, yeah, like, if, if my favourites retire, then I'm probably just going to stop playing the game. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's okay, I have a few favourites, it's fine. I'm, I'm covered. Unless I get rid of, like, half the, the roster, it's fine. It should be good. Um... So yeah, to answer your question, Angus, that is... Uh, what about you, Karen? Uh, not really, honestly. No? No? It, I felt stuff, but like honestly, there have been games that have, have done me harder. It was still yeah, impressive obviously. that Blizzard yeah. made me give a shit about a fucking walking gun, essentially. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like, Who, a, a character that I hate when I see, yeah. I hear that sound of that machine gun going off, and I'm, I, in mediums, like, fucking, there's a Bastion nearby. Yep. I'm going to get in the uh, sky, I, shoot my rockets at him. I don't hate him as much as I did no, like the first two weeks hate of the game. Now. Yeah. Well, no, even still like I did like before the short came out, I don't hate him as much as I did like the first two weeks of the game where I was like you're a prick and the person who is playing you is just doing it because I've noticed because a resurgence though in recent weeks. It has started coming back. He's coming back into the meta. But I mean, yeah. Solid way Blizzard. So thank you, Angus. Angus also asked us another question, which relates back to one of our previous topics as well. This is like a self-referential episode. We're sort of going around in circles with this one. 
Uh, Angus also asks us, with all the rumours of the PS4.5 Neo, what are your thoughts on the new console? Uh, it's cool. I mean, I'm going to wait till I hear more about it. I'm interested, but like I said, mm. like I'm kind of locked into my PS4. Yeah. Having said that, it's going to... Like, when it comes out, and I know that their, their policy seems to be that games have to run as well on the mm-hmm. Neo as they do on the PS4... There's just that chance that maybe a game I really like will run better on the Neo, yep. and I'll just know in the back of my head playing my PS4 going, this could be better. Yeah, could be better, Look, and that's how they're going to get me. I can tell already. Yeah. Look, I see. I see what they're saying. They're going, you know, it's going to be the same experience on both consoles, but it's going to get to a point where it's like, but is it though? Is it really? How long can you sustain? consistency between both of these consoles where one is clearly the more even by a little bit you know if with the specs that we've been we've seen so far to go by even right. if it's just by a little bit it's how long can you sustain that again if 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 it seems like consoles might be not definitively but potentially heading the mobile phone route yeah where maybe maybe games will support a couple of generations before and maybe a couple of generations after and like that'll mm-hmm. be the block that I run on but I don't know yep. how I'd feel about that I don't know like video like consoles are in a weird place right now and the yeah. future is kind of scary but interesting yeah if, if they can pull it off it'll be interesting if they don't it's gonna it's gonna hurt it's Ooh, gonna yeah. hurt a lot it'll hurt bad if it, if it goes wrong but again like sales for PS4 were through the roof so Sony must yeah. think they've got on, they've got something going on yeah, and like, you know, I mean, they were the first, really, apart like I suppose NX was sort of first, but like, they were the first ones to sort of announce this sort of mid-generation reboot. I mean, currently, neither have officially announced it. That's very true, yeah. Basically, Xbox were the first ones to go, hey, we're doing this. Like, Neo rumors were there, and NX well, has always been like that hybrid talk underneath the surface for a while. Yep. Well, I mean, we we know that Neo exists. It's been confirmed by um. Yeah, yeah, but like I'm saying, but Sony didn't say it. Like well, in, no, in the someone... grand scheme of things, like Microsoft were the first ones to go. We're doing this. Well, wasn't it like? Uh, yeah, it hasn't been fully announced, I guess. But like Andy is it Andy, I think from or Andrew from PlayStation. Andrew came House. out before. Yeah, yeah, came out before and said, like, before E3 and said, yeah, 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 it exists, but we're not bringing it. So we just don't know what it is. Yeah, we didn't know what it was at that point, though. So, like, for, like, it could, like, Neo could have been a slim at that point. That's Obviously, true. it yeah. wasn't, but all I'm saying is that Microsoft were the first ones to openly say that they were yeah, that's true. taking this weird step. Neo, obviously, is going to do it as well. And even then, we still don't really know what no, Scorpio yeah, is. No, like, we it's, don't. We know it's got, it's got more teraflops and it's. And Todd Howard's excited about it. Like, that's what we know about it so far. Um, but, yeah, so that's, yeah, I'm sure we'll know a bit more in a couple of, well, we will know a bit more in a couple of weeks' time when that, and I'm sure we'll have a, a extensive coverage on what gets, what goes down at that PlayStation meeting. Because, um, I mean, it, it affects us because we are PlayStation players. So it uh, it concerns us. Liam asks us, with our next question for this episode, Liam asks us, if you could interview anyone living or dead from the video game industry, who would it be and why? That's a really good question. It is. Do you have anyone that comes to mind, Karen? Well, there's one immediately. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunately because of the latter option. Right. Because it's, it's freaking Satoru Iwata, man. Yeah. He would have been the coolest dude to chat to. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one. 
Um, oh. As for the wire, like man, that guy, that guy did so much. He got yeah. us, he got us melee. He got Kanto into Pokemon Gold and Silver. And he, just his work, his work ethic is in, was insane. Like it's even come out recently that he was he's he was working on some of his current Nintendo stuff. You know, wow. from his hospital bed, basically. Fuck, that's insane. He's crazy. He was a cool dude, and he yeah, took man, a pay, he, he took a pay cut when the the fucking company was yeah, looking bleak. He took he a pay cut just. To, he could have oh. sacked people, but he took the hit himself because he was a cool dude. Also, he gave us that that's picture awesome. of him holding a banana. Yep, which we'll never forget. And also, we also got like puppet version of him as well. We did, and we got um, Star Fox one. The amazing Awata asks stuff, which was cool. Yeah, yeah. He, so, yeah, uh, he would yeah, be a, cool a solid guy answer. To sit down and talk to. That's a really solid answer. Happen. Um, mine's a little bit more superficial. I think. I, I I'd like to sit down with someone like, um, like Nolan North or Tro- Troy Baker. I just, I'd love to pick their minds about. I mean, just from someone coming from a performance background as well, just to hear how they got into, because obviously they're both actors as well, um, like and were actors probably before they decided to get into the video game business. Well, Troy Baker, they, especially man, he was, yeah, exactly. he was an anime voice actor. Yeah, and also um, Nolan North, Nolan North in Pretty Little Lies, he's mm. a dad in Pretty Little Lies. Like I, I, I watched a couple of episodes with some friends, and I was like. That's fucking Nathan Drake. That's because I saw it, it pop up in the credits like Nolan North. And I'm like, no, no, wait, no, no way. And sure enough, yeah, Nolan North pops up, and I'm like, it's fucking Nathan Drake in Pretty Little Lies. Um, yeah, I just love to pick their minds about like how they got into the like video game, and especially like with Naughty Dog and things like that. Like you know, because they're very heavily into like the mocap stuff. So how that feels to be a an actor that's still acting but not but really are, uh, but not really. Like a weird sort of digital actor. Yeah, yeah. It, it'd be really interesting. I think that's that's probably my my pick. Nowhere near as poignant maybe as uh, uh, Iwata, but yeah, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Look, there's, a, there's a long list of people that I could also write off, but that's that was true. the first one that came to mind. Yeah, like Kojima would be amazing Kojima, as well. Kojima, like... Behind closed with- doors and just going, all right, what happened? What was actually going to happen in Phantom yeah. Pain? You madman? Or, yeah, no, no. Or Konami, what happened? Like, just... Oh, I, yeah. I, almost, I almost like not knowing what happened with Konami. That's true, yeah. That's kind of true. Be but still, to, there's be cool part talk, of me that's... It'd be cool to talk to him, though. Yeah, he'd be a great guy to talk to. Interesting. We could take sweet Instagram photos of, of our that, food. Yeah, of our food and like yeah. like music that we're listening to or movies that we're yeah. singing. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, so there's some cool people out there. That'd be great. He, turned, great like, he turned like 53 this week. Fuck, he does not look he, like that. He doesn't, does he? He does not look what like that. What is his secret? <laughs> oh, Jesus. It'll, it'll die with him like the secret of Konami. <laughs> like, that's... that's He's got he's going to the grave with him. Oh, man. Um, I imagine, like, a tell-all book from him. That'd be... I'd buy that day one. Oh, shit, yeah. I'd be all over that. Uh, that was a great question, Liam. Thank you very much for that. Uh, on to our next one. Uh, Steve asks us... Tonky... How you doing, Tonks? He asks us, how many games have uh, currently have you not finished? A lot. I have a very long list a of lot. games I haven't finished. For varying um, reasons. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I wanted to that's why I thought this question was really good too, because there are reasons why I haven't finished certain games. And there's one in particular from recent memory that sticks out to me, um, which is The Witcher 3. Cool. I, I 
Yeah, so I bought The Witcher 3 having not played any of The Witcher games, but seeing it looked great, I'm like, cool, this looks really awesome. It looks, you know, pretty in-depth, looks lots of fun. Like, the game, the story looks great. Um, I, I did a bit of research. I read up on the on the lore and everything as well um, and sort of got myself prepped for it. Um, and then eventually, I didn't buy it straight away. I still undenied about it. And one day I was like, fuck it, I'm taking the plunge. And I bought it. I started playing it. I'm like, this is really, really good. And then the game started opening up. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then it opened up more. And I was like, oh, hang on. And then it was like, now there's more, even more out here. This is just the this is the first bit. And I went, this is a lot. This is overwhelming. And I tried to keep playing it. And I just, it didn't stick with me. It was just, it was too much for me. So I think there's, there's sometimes like games are just too much. And I just I couldn't I couldn't handle how how much there was to do in that game, um, and it sort of yeah it turned me off a little bit. And I'm sure there's obviously there are a lot of people that that was a big plus for, but for me it was just well hang on, that's a bit detrimental to my enjoyment of the game. So I find it interesting. So you you struggled with the size of that game, which I mean it's a big game, it's intimidating. Mm-hmm. I can understand that. But yep. you finished Fallout Four, correct? I did. Yes. I don't know, man. But I didn't do everything in Fallout 4. And I, I don't know. I kind of expected that from Fallout. It, the way that The Witcher threw things at me, I was like, oh, 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 oh. Whereas I knew that the, the quests in Fallout 4 were like, because like what I played in Fallout 3, it was like, all right, it's just going to be go over here, get this thing and come back. Like most of the side quests True. are going to be like that. You, you, can, the, you can practically autopilot Fallout 4 to the point exactly. of sleep. Exactly. Yeah, and like the side quests in The Witcher, which is a good, this is a good thing. But for me, I just, it, t- it turned me off a little bit because I was a bit overwhelmed by it. The fact that like each of the side quests were so different and they did feel like their own side quest. Um, it just, it, when when you started getting like five of them piling up and you're like, all right, now I'm going to go over here and do this. Oh, but that thing's just, oh, but, and then I just started getting like, panic attacks See, about like trying to compete, uh, complete everything in that game. That's where I was in my element. Man, like yeah. with, with RPGs, I get my laundry list, I get my, my to-do list of quests. I'm like, all right, where are we mm-hmm. starting today? We're going to go kill a griffin? Sounds good. Yep. I think like I think I might go back to it one day. Well, I think maybe... Year edition's coming out. Exactly. Soon, like, we'll I might go back to it. Uh, I don't know. I, I have to be when there's a very big drought, and I know that I'm going to have nothing else I'm going to play. And I have to be... It's the type of game I'm going to have to be in the mood for it. I'm going to be like, I really want, like, like a Western RPG that's gonna like really really suck me in um but i don't know what about you karen is it what 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 are the reasons why you don't finish games it can be a number of things like sometimes i have that happen where i play a game and sometimes i'll open it and i'll realize that there's way more there than i'll ever see oh yeah um honestly the most recent example and it's partly that and partially the second reason why i don't finish games is it's no man's sky oh yeah because uh, the second reason I won't, I sometimes don't finish games is just I'll just drop off. Like gameplay yeah. is not hooking me, the narrative's yep. not doing it for me, and I'll just put it down and kind of never go back. I've got a few games like that. Yeah, I played most of it and then kind of hit a point where I was like, well, I'm, I think this is it. This I've seen this game basically. I don't need to see any more. Yeah, because it's not yeah. going to change anything. That's fair. Yeah, that's a good reason. There's like other reasons, like you know, the game might be broken. Yeah. I have one of those. Darksiders 2 I never finished because I there was a side quest that bugged out and I couldn't complete it. That's and I was like, worst. nah, fuck it, not playing it. 
and I've never finished that game, which sucks because I really enjoyed that game until that point. Like, really enjoyed that game. I love the first Dark Siders as well. And then there's the other um, fun reason. The other fun, fun, fun reason why sometimes we just don't finish games, and it's just because. Okay, there's so many games that come out these days. Like, oh yeah, there's Marcus always, flooded. always something. And as adults, sometimes time just runs out, and mm-hmm. you just don't have time for them all, and it can get rough. Like even Mankind Divided, with my heavy week this week, I'm just like, I'm eight hours in, and I'm like, I'm still in the first area. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I bet someone's finished this game already. Ugh, and sucks. posted like a detailed games. breakdown on the internet. Oh <laughs> yeah, God. So yeah, yeah, like there's a lot of reasons. Yeah, but I mean, my pile of shame is never going away. Oh yeah, Steam no, sales. Steam me. sales are another reason. Like when Steam, Steam sales, sales were a big thing, like my fucking Steam library and humble bundles. Like my Steam library is disgusting. Did you like, see that uh, that new humble bundle America has? Which one's that? There's the... an amazing Capcom one. Yes, I did see that. It's insane, and we can't have it. It's yeah, it sucks because it's like PlayStation games. It is like all PlayStation game, Capcom games, like Resident yeah. Evil, Okami, and Devil mm-hmm. May Cry. And I'm like, oh, can I have that, please? Yeah, I know, right? Uh, no, right. they won't let me. It's cool. The Humble Bundle are doing these sort of things now. Definitely, the Nintendo one was really good. I picked that one up. Yeah, I picked that one up towards the end of it. Mm. Anyway, but thank you very much, Tongs, for your question. That was lovely. Thank you for very reminding me, question. but I'll never finish everything I own. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm bringing up. I'm probably going to get a lot of hate mail now because telling me like you know, fucking play Witcher Three, you scrub. Um, nah, it's fine. But seriously, play Witcher Three. It's good. Yeah, I look. I I I feel like I'm almost like ready to maybe tackle it again. So yeah, I'll wait for that game of the year edition and I might try it. We'll see how I go. <clears throat> Next, do you want to read this one? Sure. We got a question from Sean. Lovely, Sean. He asks us. With advances in technology, game graphics are constantly getting more realistic. However, some developers have taken advantage of the extra processing power in a, in a different way and given their projects creative art styles as opposed to photorealism. What is your all-time favorite visual style that has been displayed in a game? Ooh, good question. That's a good question. Really good question. I was thinking about it most of today, honestly, because that was like the first question we got. I'm like, sweet, because I'm yep. going to need to think about this one. Yeah. It's a solid question. I mean, the one that, like, off the top of my head, like, sticks out immediately uh, is Borderlands. I, I love, I love the style of Borderlands. The thing that I it, love most about Borderlands especially is just it came from such a weird, like, 180 U-turn. Exactly. Like, it could have been this, you know, by-the-numbers, brown and grey boring setting like Fallout clone but it's not it's it's the opposite it makes fun of that almost sometimes it's I don't know especially in Borderlands 2 like Borderlands 2 like the the, the environment variety in that yeah. game is so good yeah when you get to like the, the the area where you're going through like the different um biomes yeah oh that, the like, um like research the, facility yeah holy yeah, shit yeah the Jurassic World the Jurassic Park one yeah so colourful that game yeah it's great and I I, I mean cell shading's been done a lot um oh. there was a period of time where it was done a lot um but that was the one that just it it looks great like it just I love how gritty but colourful it looks as well like it, it's still got that grit and that dirtiness to it that you would get from like a Fallout or whatever but it's so colourful and over the top and turned up to 11. And I love that. So, yeah, off the top of my head, that's probably the first one that comes to mind um, visually that I love. I will almost always lean towards colour. 
Yep. Color's really important. I love mm-hmm. I love a game that's colorful. And that's why my answer is was it was I thought about it for a second and I was like, what am I gonna pick? And then it hit me, I'm like, there's only one answer, and it's the Legend of Zelda, the Wind Waker. Oh, brilliant, brilliant answer. Such an amazing game, like, to look at and like the most expressive link we've ever had. Oh yeah. And like the colours and the design the the world looks so good and the cartoonish like explosions yep. and the bombs look incredible and 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 the hd remake of it looks the hd remake better. is an essential game to play if you if you even if you haven't played it or you want to play it again without because yep. i fixed up a bit of a fucking fiddly triforce bullshit from the original <laughs> game uh yeah like wind waker is just incredible but um yeah yeah like honestly as far as our styles go like give me colors like the persona games like vibrant popping art styles will always win me over yep yeah, uh, and even like with like the like you, you you boot up that Persona Four and it like that yeah that opening cinematic straight away is, just smashed in the face yeah you're like uh, what the fuck is this oh my god so that was the reason I wanted to play that game I saw you like you you're like oh it's Persona and you showed me like the intro movie and I was like this is fucking awesome I have no idea what this <laughs> is but I need to have it in my life um, and on and, that same on the same card like even like Mario Galaxy. Those games, oh yeah, like they're not. Like, I wouldn't say I wouldn't even know what you would pin them as as far as art styles go, but they're so vibrant and colorful. It's just like they're taking something classic and just refining it. Yeah, oh, just give it's... me colors, mm. and it's I, happening. I, like this generation of consoles, like like last gen was at least on the the PS3 and the 360 was very much brown. Oh yeah, and gray. Yeah. Ooh, this boy. gen, like we've been getting some very colorful games, and oh, fuck and yes. I, I think we have indie games to thank for that as well because that's where people, again, are taking lots of risks and doing something different. Another one from recent memory that we've both played recently is Hyperlight Drifter. Gorgeous The visual game. art style of that game is sensational. Um, and I think that's another art style I really like is that kind of like weird sort of 16-bit style that's not your traditional sort of 16-bit sprites that you normally would see. See, I wanted to say, like, is my favourite art style. I'm like, can I say 16-bit sprites? Like, that wasn't really... That was... A constraint, but fuck me if those games don't no. still look good. Yeah, exactly. And, and even when people do them nowadays, they it still looks good. It's been done quite a lot now, and I like that people are sort of taking that sort of that sprite. Uh, long live Shovel Knight. Yeah, oh fuck yeah, Long Live Shovel Knight. That's another game that's really good visual art style, and that game is sensational. Just nails it as a homage as well as being its own new thing. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it's oh, game's great. The game is so good. But yeah, that's um that's a really good question. I like that one. So lots of cool stuff to think about there. Um having to uh I had to think about that one, actually. And like I said, the first thing that came to mind was Borderlands, but then I thought, oh, Hyperlight Drifter was probably one that I played more recently that really stuck out in my mind. Um I think simplicity is becoming the new the new thing. Like, you can make... For your first-person shooters and all that kind of stuff, like, it's... Making it look as realistic as possible works in your favour. That's what you want with those games. That's what people want. But when it comes to... I don't know, these sort of, like, smaller games and and different offbeat games, simpler is better. Like, less is more. Style over substance. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, like, a stylized game will nearly always age better yeah oh exactly I mean you've only, like you said it was a constraints thing back then but you've only got to look at like the reason why there's been such a resurgence in, in 16 bit sprites and things like that is because 
it's visually appealing. Especially when you think about video games, it's visually appealing. It's, it's what we think of. So good, so good, so good. Yes. All right, we've got one more question, don't we? Yeah, this one, this one's kind of a kick in the teeth for us, Joel. <laughs> it is really a kick in the teeth okay. for us. Yeah. Do you want to go? You want to take care of this one? Sure thing. So this question no. comes from Not Half Bad. Yeah. Not half, not half Bad asks us, with both, I guess he means with both of us predominantly gaming on the <laughs> PS4, how do you both feel about the approaching arrival of the PlayStation VR? What have your VR experiences been like so far? Are you excited about a less expensive VR option? Will you be picking up one, and what are you most looking forward to playing in virtual reality? Hey, Joel, what, oh, have, what have your VR experiences been like? It has been none. I have had no experiences with VR. Me too, not, man. Me too. And and it's not because we haven't. We're not. We're like fuck VR. Shoot, it's gonna be a fad. Like I want to play it. The um, events but, we've been to, like the lines are insane. Yeah, exactly. The last three packs, I have been like, I'm gonna play VR. I'm gonna go. Well, the first packs, I was like, I'm gonna play Oculus Rift. The next one, I was like, I'm going to play with fucking HTC Vive. Last year, I was like, I'm going to play the PlayStation VR. No, none of <laughs> every it time, Every time. None of it happened. Um, I Look, in terms of the PlayStation VR, I'm excited the fact that it is a more approachable price point, like a more... It's, it's, it's your budget. Achievable. VR. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that's not to say that it's like, you know, the $2 shop VR or anything like that. It's still... I, from what we can what we've heard anyway what i've seen and heard people say about it it's still it's still a viable competitor but um that just comes back down to you know console gaming versus pc gaming i mean pc gaming is always going to be better in terms of you know Techs. it's always going to be a cutting edge like yeah tech wise pc will always be the best yeah exactly so i mean and it's going to be the same with vr like you know a two thousand two and a half grand pc rig that's made for HTC Vive is going to be much better than you know the restraints that you've got with the PlayStation 4 even like before now if it's just a PlayStation 4 um but that's where it comes into it like because as you said exactly. like the the rig is like what $2000 yeah. roughly and that's that's not probably not a guarantee you could probably run it for less than that but that's probably where you'd want to be at for a yeah a good VR connection if you were serious about like actually having a VR PC yeah, yeah that's where you want to be sitting at and that's probably not even factoring in the price of the Vive itself I say Vive yeah. because Vive is isn't it generally agreed as like the better one at this point oh oh yeah, yeah. like I think Oculus has sort of shut the bed this year especially with like shipping out to a, Kickstarter people and yeah some it's been rough, rough shit go down it's been really rough but um, but then you compare that it's like yeah but the PS4 one at most might push nearly Maybe eight hundred dollars, seven hundred, eight hundred dollars. Yeah, that's a exactly. lot more appealing. And that, that combined with like, if you don't have a PlayStation Four, combined with depending on what the Neo is going to cost when it comes out, um, say it's going to be like five hundred bucks. That's still like what thirteen hundred bucks for the console and the unit. Ooh, how much? How much? Is, I thought that the VR headset was maybe like four hundred or something. I don't. Remember I think it might. I think it might be five seventy eight. I mean, it's still cheaper than the other ones, but yeah. It's still, yeah, it's still cheap. It's And it, it's ready to go out the box. Like, as long as you've got a PlayStation there, you just plug it in and it's good yeah. to go. Which is and as long as you've got so the room handy. as well. Yeah, the space um, and the... Mo- I think it comes with move controllers, doesn't it? I think there's certain bundles that do. Yeah. Uh, I think some of them... Like, you can buy one that's just the headset if you've already got move controllers. Because you need, uh, you'll need the move controllers and the camera. Yes, the eye, that's right. Which I need um, to track one down still. Just, just as, like, to future-proof myself. 
Yeah, I, I wish I... There's been times in the past where I was like, oh, I should just buy, like, a fucking PlayStation Yeah, me too. Movie. Me too. But didn't do it. Whenever, especially when they're on sale, I'm like, huh, I should get one. And I did yeah. and I'm like, oh, shit, I should get kicking one. Kicking myself, yeah. Absolutely kicking myself. Um, it was the same with Rock Band. I was like, oh, I should just buy this Rock Band. It's like 20 bucks. Oh, I'm never going to be able to use it, though. <laughs> and then, like, six months later, they're like, new Rock Band game. Every, all the instruments are 500 bucks. I'm like, go fuck yourself. Um, but, yeah, like... I'm excited for it. I just I want to experience it. That's I just I want to ha- be able to experience it. But from what I've heard from people who have experienced it, and like I mean, all the 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 YouTube channels that I watch, that you know, a lot of them have vibes or or whatnot. They Damn have these YouTubers. units. I know, right? Um, but they have them, and they they play games in them. I watch them play games in them. I, like, I'd love to play Job Simulator. That looks awesome. That looks fucking phenomenal. Uh, just as, just as, especially as a tech experiment, just to get in a world where you can just fuck around with everything, everything you can just, and then go. Oh, I wonder if I can. I wonder if I can tip this like coffee into this mug. Yep, cool, that works. I wonder if I can eat this rotten donut and then vomit it into this cup. Yep, it catches the vomit. It does that. That's a thing that happens. Um, and yeah, like all these other like at the moment, I feel like it's, it's still we're still in the early stages. So I mean. It, it works. The tech is there. It works. It works for the most part very well. Um, it's just very expensive. The, the entry barrier is quite high. That's how it always is with new tech, though, man. Like, yeah, it, exactly. It's so happen. the early adopters are out there. They're doing the, They're doing it for everyone else. They're taking the hit. Um, PlayStation VR is a step in the right direction for making it more consumer-friendly. Um, but it could get a little cheaper. It, and if it catches on, it will in time. Yeah, absolutely, and I think it will catch on. I honestly think, I think and not this just, is a time for it. Yeah, I think it, I think we're ready for this now. It, people have tried to do it in the past, and it just has not worked. Well, mostly because um, the tech wasn't there for it. No, the exactly. Place. But now and I think I th- we're in the spot for it. We are. We're definitely in. The, we're we're ready for it now. I and mean, you've only got to look on, at videos of people playing it or experience it yourself. That it works, and people are going, "Yeah, this is actually really good." I mean, like, look at the the Invitational, the Dota Two Invitational recently. We reported on it a couple of weeks ago that you could watch the Invitational in VR. You could put on your fucking Vive and you were there. You could, to the point where you could zoom down into the map and like watch the game from within the map. Like that kind of stuff. Like it, we're talking like not just about video games. Imagine sporting matches where you could watch, like at home, you could just pop on your headset and you're like, all right, cool. I'll, Oh, what happened over there? I'm going to zoom in over there and check that out. Like, that's insane. Like, that kind of tech is, you know, close. We're close to having that as a thing that is in our houses and is in every lounge room. If you can afford it. Yeah, if you can afford it. Um, but it's exciting. There is a place, though. I, I heard about this a couple of weeks ago, and it just opened up over the weekend. There is a place in Collingwood called uh, the VR Joint, I think it's called. Um and they have like a bunch of vibes set up. They have like um, like simulators that you could like sit in, like racing simulators and stuff like that, proper ones. Um, I think they have an Oculus Rift there as well, and a whole bunch of like VR experiences. And you go there, and it's like fifteen bucks for like a 10, 15 minute experience. You can go and play one of the games and experience it for yourself. And I'm like, I think I might have to make a trip out there, and and that might be my best bet because you know, if I can just book in a time and go, all right, cool. Saturday at 2 o'clock, I'm going to play a couple of VR games. And that way I can go, all right, now I've done it. Now I can assess 
the situation a bit more clearly. Exciting times. Yeah. Like, again, like, VR is cool. I don't see it ever really becoming my primary way of playing games. Because no. I can't stand the idea of playing a game like that constantly. It has to be the right type of game. You have to have the... It can't be for every game. Like... As much as we, ha- as much as I hate the word, it has to- experiences. Yeah, it is, and I think I that's. I don't a- want to play like a twenty-hour game in VR. No way. Not at this stage. I think down the track it'll be it, it'll be something that is a viable option, but I think at the moment we are in that, like you said, experiences stage. It's just like getting the tech out there, getting it into people's hands, even if it's at events or at like a place like this VR place, um, or like your rich friend that has a fucking super rig PC and a, and a Vive set up um, like it's getting it into those people's hands and getting people to experience it and having these things like that uh, the Star Wars one where you know you get to use a lightsaber and um, and like help R2D2 and you're repairing the Millennium Falcon all this sort of stuff like that, those sort of experiences where it's like whoa I actually am I'm in it I'm, I'm here and it works and I actually am feeling like I am part of this now it's interesting times so, uh, what are you most looking forward to playing in VR? I don't know. I've thought I've thought about sort of things going. Oh, imagine playing this in VR. Um, I'd like to see maybe something like I. I do like a lot of I, I like a lot of racing games. So I I would I'd love to see like a Need for Speed or a Burnout or something like that in in VR. Just just so much that I could just play it with a controller. But I could still look around. I'd be like, "All right, cool." Instead of hitting a button to look in my rear vision mirror, I could just like look up or turn over my shoulder. You know, um, that would be kind of cool. Uh, but there, are, I, I guess, in terms of like getting up and walking around, I, like I t- imagine, like I guess the Batman VR experience is kind of like this. But having like a Telltale game where you're investigating, or like a, like you know, maybe like a zero time dilemma, like Virtue's Last Reward escape room game where you, you put it on and you're in the room and you've got to actually wander around going investigating things that that kind of experience and that I could see myself playing that for more than just that 10-20 minutes at a time that excites me well you know we'll see we'll see how we go I guess yeah what about you man what, is oh, it's horror man it's a horror game of course yeah it's a horror game and then I die of a heart attack in the VR headset and that's it yep not Resident Evil Seven, man. Yeah, and then it'll kill me, and that'll be it. But you know what? It'll be a, it'll be a hell of a way to go. Oh god, yeah. yeah. Petrified to death. He died as he lived. Terrified of, of <laughs> yeah, shooting himself. Of terrified of video games. <laughs> what a way to go. What a, what a time oh, to be alive. What a time to be alive. Speaking of what a way to be, what a way to go. Um, it's about it for us, I think, this week. Yeah, it is. That that that, that just about uh, puts a bow on this one. Yeah, wraps it up. We've gone a little longer this week, but we uh, we had a, quite a few questions. We, um, Matt and we talked a lot about what we've been playing because there was there was some we big did. stuff there. Some that was my fault. I, yeah, I I got a bit excited about Leap of Fate, the, a game that probably no one else is going to care about, but <laughs> I enjoyed. And you should enjoy it; it's really good. If you like roguelikes, check it out. Um, cool. Whose turn is it to wrap up this week? Well, I think we agreed upon you being the intro guy, me being the outro guy. Hey, that's right. We did agree on that. So I'll take us out, man. Love it. So yeah, this has been episode 11 of Dialogue Options. Uh, thanks for listening if you've stayed with us this long. 
Uh, don't forget you can contact us or follow us on Twitter at, at Dialogue Options. You can like us on Facebook, which is also at you know Dialogue Options. Additionally, if you want to send us any questions in the future, we you can contact us on either of those social media outlets or email of us to which is dialogueoptions at gmail.com. And if you're not done with us then, then you can follow myself on Twitter, which is at X, or my good friend Joel. At Jolly Mac. There you go. Look, he's getting better. I'm so proud ah, of him. All over it. Uh, so yeah, you can it. do that. Uh, and again, thank you for sticking with us. Uh, we hope you enjoyed listening. We are sorry we haven't tried any VR yet. We are working on rectifying that. Hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I will let our amazing theme song, as always, play us out by Azura Flux, Strike Witches Get Bitches, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Catch up. Catch up.